Isn't it instinctive after you finish praying, whether it's a short prayer, even gratitude for your food, or whether it's a desperation cry, isn't it natural to just say, in the name of Jesus? Well, we're privileged to do that, and we're instructed to do that by our Savior and our friend. Have you thought about Paul's instruction as well, that everything that we do is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus? When we say, in the name of Jesus, it's not just what we're praying for that is to be under the authority of that name, but we ourselves, as those who pray, are to live under, in, through, and empowered by that authority. Let's get into it. Thank you for joining us, friend, at Arlington United. Today I want to preach to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for being in this house. We thank you for those that are listening online and for those that have visited this sermon as well at a future time. We give you thanks for your word that we have heard proclaimed through your holy scripture. And we pray that you would anoint also this message that is taken from that word, that you may make it the living, breathing word for us today and transform us by your spirit and your power into your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Colossians chapter 3. This is a, this is a church that is, uh, is interesting to say the least. They are, if you read Colossians chapter 2, and you might want to get a commentary to see kind of behind the scenes of what Paul is referring to. But this church in Colossae has some odd beliefs. They are way into a lot of things. They are into what day is on the calendar, and they think that's very important and, and almost like astrology. They, uh, they're tempted by um, all types of uh, personal disciplines, where they think that the key to their advancement in God is just how much that they can sacrifice themselves and show themselves to have a strong personal will. They, um, they're into a lot of different philosophies and learnings, and they've got, their libraries are stacked with uh, papyruses, if you will, or codices, where they, they're, they're learning and learning and learning, and they've got what Paul called the philosophies and vain deceits of men. They've got what Paul called will worship, worshiping their own willpower. I'm strong. I can, I can fast three more days than you can. Things like that. I can, I can pray three more hours than you can. Stuff, stuff like that, this church in Colossians. That's the problem with reading the New Testament is you find out there's no such thing as a perfect church while it's being formed into Christ. But if you read Revelation, you find that the church, capital C, is without spot or blemish and without wrinkle. And so the deal is any local gathering of believers has warts. We've all got them, sunspots, a few, a few wrinkles, um, a hair or two that's out of place and some whose hair has gone way out of place. Pointing at myself today. Sorry, Richard. Headed your way. But it's just, it's, we've all got challenges. Amen. But if you will stay with Christ, he will turn your challenges 
into becoming a champion. He will turn your spots into spotlessness. He will turn your trials into testimonies. He will turn the situations that struggle against you into the sovereignty that will sustain you. I wish somebody would hear me today. It's worth staying in the church. Even if you're one of the ones that make it an imperfect place, you're better off here than you are in the other kingdom. If you have once been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own dear son, I would encourage you not to enter the transfer portal again, but I would encourage you to stay exactly where you are in Christ until you are formed fully in him into who he wants you to be. Amen? In the middle of this imperfect church that Paul loves, now remember, we don't, we don't gain out of criticizing God's people. Paul loved God's people so much that he went to prison to be able to preach to God's people. How much do you love the church today? How much do I love the church today? So, so let's don't get down on Paul for pointing out where they needed to grow. But in the midst of this circumstance, he gives us a key for life that is transformational in our journey with God. Evan, he says that everything that we do or say should be in the name of Jesus. It is an acid test that would prevent so much pastoral counseling. It would save you so much heartache, and it would transform you away from trouble into, into the testimony of what God has for you. If you would just make sure that everything you do and everything that you say could be followed by this phrase, bless it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, it would be a lot harder to gossip about Sister Smith or Brother Jones if you had to say, I can't stand that person. I think they have an anger problem. I wish Pastor Jackson would just get good in a hold of them. And I tell you what, if he ever says that to me again, I'm just going to give him a piece of my mind. Oh, bless this gossip, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Doesn't even sound right, does it? Well, I, we could play that game. We can go down that road. How, how about lying on somebody? How about participating in the, the, the worldly amusements and entertainments that, that stoke our flesh into passions that cannot be fulfilled because it's outside of a covenant relationship. Oh, I think I'll just sit down and watch this. And once I'm done getting all fired up about what these people want me to see and they want to titillate my passions, I'll just finish that and say, now, Lord, you know that I watched that and I just want you to bless those images in the name of Jesus. It sounds blasphemous, doesn't it? Because to live in the name of Jesus is to say, Lord, if it comes out of my mouth or if it goes into my eyes or if it goes into my ears or if my hands and my feet are involved with it, I want it to be something that you authorize. I want it to be something that you'd be comfortable with. I think it would be good if we imagine that the Master Jesus is listening in on all of our conversations. I think it would be good if we would just imagine that the Lord is sitting at our dinner table. I think it would elevate the conversation. I think it would elevate the speech that we have. I think it would elevate the way that we're edifying others instead of perhaps 
we're tempted. Prince of the power of the air. He rules in communication. He loves slander, and he loves to fill in the blanks with negative information. And he, you know, Benjamin Franklin, I believe, was credited with saying, a lie gets halfway around the world before truth has a chance to get dressed and ready in the morning. But I'm telling you, if we would imagine that Jesus is with us at all times, I think it would change the way that we operate. I brought with me today a book that is... Uh, an intimidating Bible. I mean, this, this is something. Rich, you got to take a look at it. It's, this is called the King Jesus Literal Version. There are only about six copies of this book in the world because I happen to know the author very well, and he gave it to me in his advanced copy. This is a word-for-word literal translation from the Greek. It took Matthew eight years to do this, and he gave me this copy. And I want to read to you his translation of Colossians 3.17. He says, Anything you would ever do, anything you would ever do, do all things in the name of Master Jesus. Diane, it gets difficult for me to get down on you if I'm doing all things in the name of Master Jesus because he shed his precious blood for you and he declared through his word that your soul is worth more than this entire planet. And so I will treat you differently if I'm treating you in the name of Jesus. I will think of you differently if I'm thinking of you in the name of Jesus. If I'm speaking to you or I'm listening to you in the name of Jesus, it makes a difference in my morality and my ethics. And I want to tell you something right now. I'm not going to be an FBI pastor. I'm not going to be a CIA pastor. I'm not going to chase you down the walkways of this city to see if you're doing right or living right. But I'm telling you the Word of God and the Spirit of God can chase you down the hallways of this city and if you will do what you do and if you will say what you say in the name of Jesus I'll have a really easy job with the saints and we can just focus on bringing in the sinners because I'm telling you what if we will do what we do and say what we say in the name of Jesus all the difference in the world will be made and this world will have a witness and a testimony to the power of our almighty God because our lives will be transformed if my memory does not fail me it was Wesley Perhaps Dwight Moody who said, I want men who will set themselves on fire and invite the world to watch them burn. He meant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is an incandescent flame when we are transformed by the power of Christ into the men and women that we were designed to be and we live in the name of Jesus. You won't even have to open your mouth for the gospel to be represented in your life. And when you open your mouth, there will be a power and an authority behind what you say because you won't be blabbing it to grab it. You won't be naming it to claim it. You'll be living in the authority and the power of the word and the spirit and the nature of Almighty God because if you're living in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is behind what you do and behind what you say. If you can't ask Jesus to bless it, don't do it. If you can't ask Jesus to condone it, don't say it. Come on, Clay Jackson. Clean up your act. I'll just preach to myself for a minute. Y'all can listen in if you want. Eliminate the need for a lot of heartache. What do we do in the name of Jesus? Let me tell you what the New Testament says we do in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. I don't call on the name of Buddha when you're sick. I don't call on the name of Mahatma Gandhi when you're sick. I don't call on the name of Confucius when you're sick. 
And those were all, I'm sure, very wise people. And I've read their writings and I have learned from them. But when it's your fever, when it's your child, when it's your cancer, when it's your womb that needs to be blessed, when it's your finances that are empty, when it's your mind that is raging with anxiety and driven by depression, when it's your family that's fallen apart, I will tell you what name I call on and I'll tell you what name this church calls on. It is the name that is above every name. The name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. We pray at this church in the name of Jesus. I want to be very clear to you today. You didn't step into a self-help club. You didn't step into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. You didn't step into a pastoral uh, therapy session where we sit around and talk about our problems and wish that things would get better. And there's a place for all of that. But you stepped into a church house today where we believe that there is one rule for life and it is this Word of God. And there is one doorway to salvation. His name is Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of that name. I will wear that name. I'm going to preach that name. I'm going to sing about that name. I'm going to worship that name. And I'm going to adore that name. And I'm going to obey that name today because I wear that name like a brand. It is the name of Jesus. He said in John 14, 13 and 14, I'll do whatever you ask in my name that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now let me tell you what that means. We focus so much about saying in the name of Jesus. But we focus sometimes so little about doing and being in the name of Jesus. I saw a fool one time in the middle of an airport. He made me so angry. And thank God for the Holy Spirit or I would have come up and I don't know what I would have done because he's bigger than I was. But I was very, very angry because there was, they had a fancy car and it was roped off. And I've told some of you this story before. And this guy, he... He stepped beyond the velvet rope, which he wasn't supposed to do, and he got in this convertible that apparently he wanted. And he put his hands at 10 and 2, and loud as he could in that airport, he said, I claim this car in the name of Jesus. And he started hollering the name of Jesus. That is not what Jesus meant when he said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus is not a magic incantation that we use to get God to fulfill our selfish desires. That's not sainthood, that's sorcery. And we don't believe in that. You don't just say Jesus and he has to obey. But if you are obeying Jesus, then when you say Jesus, he recognizes who's saying the name. We focus on the prayer in the name of Jesus, Brother Mark. But what we need to focus on is the prayer. In the name of Jesus. It's not the prayer that I say. It's the one who's doing the praying that needs to be in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, church. If you'll get in the name of Jesus. If you'll live in the name of Jesus. If you'll love in the name of Jesus. If you'll speak in the name of Jesus. If you'll listen in the name of Jesus. Then you can pray in the name of Jesus. And all of heaven will back you up with its authority. All of heaven will come to hear your prayer. All of heaven will come down when you lay hands on the sick. They will recover. All of heaven will attend to you when you pray for peace in the lives of those that need it. It's not about a prepositional phrase that we stick at the end of whatever we want. Rebecca, it's about saying to Jesus, anything that you want with me, you've got it. And then when we say in the name of Jesus, see that the real transformation here, Brother Jim, is someone who's living in the name of Jesus doesn't ask for things that aren't in the will of Jesus. 
And when you get in that mode and you start traveling that road, Jesus opens up the windows of heaven and you suddenly realize what it's like to walk with your Father hand in hand saying, what do you need today? What can we do together today? How can I bless somebody through you today? I'm telling you, I don't want to go back. I don't want to live another way. I want to live in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. It's an indication of whether we're living under God's authority and yielding to His purpose. You try it. I pray that the next time you pray in the name of Jesus, if you're not praying under submission to His will, that you'll feel conviction in your spirit. And you'll say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. You want to pray in the name of Jesus, Richard? That's the way he prayed in Gethsemane. He said, Lord, this is what I want. As a man, he said, whatever you want, that's what has to happen. That's what praying in the name of Jesus is. It's not saying, I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new boat. And, and whatever, that's, that's fine. God got no problem blessing his people. God's got no problem dealing with us with an open hand. God's got no problem with that. But where we have a problem is when we want our selfish desires fulfilled. Even James said, the reason that you have is because you don't ask. Or when you ask, you ask for stuff to spend on yourselves. You're asking amiss. I would to God we could have about 25 people today in this room and on that telephone that would begin to truly pray in the name of Jesus. That would begin to truly cry out to God for what He desires and would truly cry out to God to shake this world and shake this city. Because I'm telling you, we won't be able to build a building big enough to contain the revival that God will bring if two or three over here or five or six over there, or seven or eight over there, we'll begin to truly pray in the name of Jesus. If you're living under His authority, you can exercise His authority. If you're obedient to His purpose, you can tap into His power. The most dangerous thing that God could do is give you a blank check if you don't know how to write the numbers. It's so important for us to truly pray in the character of of the one whose name we invoke when we pray. Well, should I pray for them to be healed? Absolutely. Should I pray for God's will to be done? Absolutely. Should I pray in faith believing? Absolutely. What if God doesn't do it? Why don't we stop worrying about our reputation? And why don't we be concerned with the one who made himself of no reputation? Why don't we just pray in the name of Jesus and see what God is up to through his name? Why don't we just pray in the name of Jesus with the character of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus? Diane, it'll turn your family upside down. It'll turn your neighborhood upside down. It'll turn the city upside down, Richard, if we truly pray in the name of Jesus. Mark 16 and 17, we cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Again, it's not a magic talisman or mantra. I don't match mantras with Satan. I match names with Satan. Because last time I checked, Beelzebub is below Yeshua. Last time I checked, Adonai is above the Lord of the flies. So last time I checked, 
Beelzebub is no match for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. I don't have to wrestle a demon down on the floor. I don't have to flee from demonic power. I don't have to be scared of something that's going to walk in this building and manifest itself. I stand here flat-footed in the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say to any spirit that's trying to bind any person in this city, this is our town. It belongs to our king. And we will cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Adultery's got to go. Pornography's got to go. Child abuse has got to go. Bullying has got to go. Racism has got to go. Because the name of Jesus rules this city. The name of Jesus rules this town. And it rules it through his church. You ought to clap your hands to the Lord right now. That is a true statement. Satan has no place here. The people of God have put their feet in this city. And this city is ours forevermore in the name of Jesus. It's an indication of authority. The sons of Sceva in the book of Acts, they knew what name to say, but they didn't know what name to obey. You can't just throw around the name of Jesus and say, oh, I said Jesus. The devil has to get out. He knows who are in covenant and who aren't. Those sons of Sceva, they had a word on their lips, but they didn't have a Lord in their hearts. Be careful, O Christian, what you claim and what you proclaim if you're not living under the authority of the name. But if you're under the umbrella of His covenant and if you're living with Him in power and authority, then you have nothing to fear because He is with you always, even unto the end of the world. And I'm looking at people, although you may think you are weak and you may think that you are worried and you may think that you are wondering, I tell you that you are wonderful in the power of the name of Jesus and every devil in this city Fears what will happen if you speak the name of Jesus in authority and power and claim that the kingdom of heaven is coming to Arlington. We pray in the name of Jesus. We cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And yes, we speak in unknown languages, other tongues, in the name of Jesus. There are religious groups that preach that speaking in other languages is driven by Satan. They need to take a look at Mark 16 and 17 and understand that speaking in unknown languages is expressly given by the power of the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we speak in other tongues. We don't do it to impress one another. We don't do it because that it's a religious show. We do it because this word commands it and it makes it available for every believer. Every believer. Every believer. Speaking in tongues is not a Pentecostal experience. It is a Christian experience. I would to God that every Catholic would speak with other tongues. I would to God that every Baptist would speak with other tongues. I would to God that every Church of Christ member who's faithful to the household of God would speak with other tongues. I do not mention other groups of Christians to run them down or to name them in some uh, negative or derogatory way. But I just say, if God has this experience for me and if God has this experience for you, then it's available to whosoever will. He doesn't love us any more than He loves anybody else. And He wants everybody to be able to partake of the water of His salvation and His experience freely. We pray in the name of Jesus. We, we, we cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We, we speak with tongues in the name of Jesus. We overcome spiritual opposition and natural dangers in the name of Jesus. Mark 16 and 18. It, it literally says in, in this King Jesus literal version... It says, we lift up serpents in the name of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? Because you will not find a single time throughout the New Testament. Everything Jesus talked about is repeated over and over and over and over in the New Testament. 
But you do not find where Christians are literally taking snakes into a service in the New Testament. One time in the New Testament, a snake latched onto Paul, but it was by accident. It came out of the fire. But what you do find throughout the New Testament is every time Satan reared his head, the apostles and exposed it for what it was, and they lifted up evil to destroy it. I want to tell you something. The holiness of God is uncompromised no matter what our culture does. The church exists to expose what is wrong with the world, but not expose it in condemnation because our Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When you're operating in the name of Jesus, you're going to lift up evil, but not to glorify it, not to condemn the people, but you're to condemn the spirits that are driving the evil, and you're going to throw it down and cast down every imagination which exalts itself against the kingdom of our God. We are going to destroy negative spirits in our world through our testimony of Jesus Christ. So if they drink anything that's, 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 that's uh, uh, deadly, the, the literal translation is, it could not possibly damage them. Sheila, when you get up in the morning, you are protected. Everything that flows to you flows through God's hands. And if there's an accident that's going to happen, it's for God. God controls your steps if you're living in the name of Jesus. I'll give you an illustration from last week. My sweet wife wanted a new recliner. And true to form, she picked out the cheapest one she could find. The manager special. I love my wife. I'm telling you, she's awesome. I, I can, I can, I can, I can buy some more shotgun shells because she saved money on that recliner. We went to the recliner store and I said, "Baby, this one's good, but this one I think you'd enjoy better." And so we got a little bit better one because I love my wife, and uh, if it comes to it, I can just buy less shotgun shells. I don't need to be out there spending all that time hunting anyway. I need to be with the boys and playing with them once now. We went to buy a recliner, so I went to pick it up. Went to pick it up. It a wonderful, wonderful young man back there. He was so courteous, so kind. Came right there, helped me out. Jim, he, he was amazing. He loaded that thing up. It was amazing how he could maneuver all these boxes and everything with his dolly and all that stuff that he had. He looked like a king in action. It was amazing. And, and, and uh, I went out to my truck, and, and, and it was so nice. And, I didn't feel like that I had been as nice to him as he had been to me. And so I dug around, Gloria, and I, I found some money in my truck. I was looking for a five or a ten, and I couldn't find it. But what I did find was probably one of my great ancestors or so. I found a Jackson, and it was folded up, and I thought, well, why not? I was looking around my truck. I didn't even know it was there. Am I going to miss the money? No. So I went back in. It took me about 30, 45 seconds. I found that young man. I left it there on his deal, and I said, hey, thanks. And he looked like nobody had ever given him a tip in his life. Now, maybe he's a world-famous actor, and he's making $400 an hour. I don't know. But he acted like he appreciated that tip. Got back in my truck, got on the highway. I was feeling good about myself. Gabrielle, I thought I did a good job. So here I am driving back home. I watched as six cars piled up at 65 miles an hour, about 100 feet ahead of my truck. Just about 30 or 45 seconds behind that accident, 
I watched as a truck went that way, slammed into a concrete wall. I watched as a car went that I just watched it like it was a movie in slow motion. I slowed down my truck. I checked on everybody to make sure they're okay. And I took my recliner back to my little wife. But that 30 or 45 seconds wow. of thinking I was being a big daddy kind man, you know, I'm really doing something. I'm going to help somebody. I'll tell you something. God orders the steps of those who are walking in Jesus' name. He don't just do that for pastors. He does that for anybody that will get up in the morning and say, Lord, guide my steps. Because I was clueless. I'm just trying to be nice. I didn't, I didn't talk in tongues and do backward somersaults down there. I didn't give him a Bible study. I just handed him a $20 bill. But I'm telling you, what I would have experienced in an accident was a lot more expensive than $20. I'm telling you, God protects us when we're walking in the name of Jesus. God's got His hand on His church, and God knows how to take care of His people. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust. I can do theology with you all day. I don't understand why we're protected from some things and not protected from others, but I will tell you flat-footed, and you can go to theology school for 100 million years I've read this book. If it comes through his hand, I can trust it. And he will deal with it. And he will protect me from any harm that is not for my good. Because my Bible says in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. I'm telling you, if you'll get in the name of Jesus and if you'll stay in the name of Jesus, the authority and protection of the name of Jesus can be yours. Pray in the name of Jesus. Worship in the name of Jesus. We overcome spiritual opposition and natural dangers in the name of Jesus. We, we cast down evil spirits in the name of Jesus. We lay hands on the sick and they recover in the name of Jesus. See, there's a reason why I'm testifying about Brother Kelly today. There's lots of people that have stage 4 cancer and don't make it. And then there's some people that have stage 4 cancer and they have a recovery. And I celebrate every one. Every time that bell rings on the third floor and somebody else got through their treatment. Kelly, it makes my heart just swell with goodness. And I'm so thankful for that. But I didn't lay hands on all those people. I didn't know their names. But the people in this church laid hands on that man. And we asked God to deal with his circumstance. And so we're going to celebrate today because we're living Mark 16 in our midst. I don't know what's ahead of you, Kelly, but we'll pray about that too. If you live to be 100, we'll pray that you don't lose your mind. If you, if you, if you live to be 100, we'll pray that, that retirement and Social Security doesn't go away. We'll, if, you, if, you're, if you got arthritis because you live too long, we'll just pray that God heals you of that. I don't know what's ahead of the church, but I know who's in charge of the church. And we pray in the name of Jesus. We believe in the name of Jesus. And we listen to me. We will continue to see miracles in the name of Jesus. Jesus. The last person has not been healed in this church. The last family has not been restored. The last person has not been baptized. The last prodigal has not come home. And the last, the last person has not gone to heaven. Finally, we baptize in the name of Jesus. Because why would I do everything else in the name of Jesus and then baptize in any other way. In Mark 16, 16, Jesus tied together belief in baptism as a preface for experiencing the supernatural power of the Spirit. Just like in John 3, when the new birth in water and the new birth in Spirit were listed by Jesus as the requirements for entering the kingdom of heaven. I didn't draw it up. It's not in my constitution. Read John 3. You'll see what Jesus said. Every apostle 
and disciple who heard Jesus command baptism at the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and 19, in Mark 16 and 16, in Luke 24, and, and, and in John 20, baptized in the name of Jesus. The formula of baptism remained in the name of Jesus for over 200 years because in Ephesians 3 and 15, Paul shows us why. To be baptized into his name was to be baptized into the family but through the name of which the whole family of heaven and earth are named. Anybody in this church, anybody in this church can go down to Rico's Tacos and kick your feet up, get yourself a tea. You can get yourself a cup of tacos, crunchy, soft, street, doesn't matter. And Evan, you can roll down there and you can eat all you want. And when it comes time to bill, pay the bill, you just say, hey, I'm eating in the name of Clay Jackson. And you can say, in the name of Jackson. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. Mark, you can go down there and have pico de gallo. You can have avocados. and You can have guacamole. And you can say to Rebecca, why don't you have a, the biggest thing they got? Just get a taco salad. Enjoy yourself. And when the bill comes, Mark, he, you can scoot off to the restroom. And Rebecca will look there a little embarrassed. And she'll say, we're eating in the name of Jackson. And they'll look at you like you're thieves. <laughs> Gloria, I love you, okay? Now, if you did it, I'd probably back you up if I could, if I knew about it. But if you go down to that restaurant, you say, my name is Chambers, but I'm eating under Jackson. They're going to want to see some certificates. Okay? They're going to want to know who's got my credit card. But there's one lady in this building today that can go anywhere in this city and do whatever she likes, whatever she wants, and legally, legally, I am obligated to back her to the extent of my authority and my ability, my economics, my psychology, my physicality, my social dimension, my intellect, my property management, everything I own, body, soul, and spirit is pledged to that little lady back there. Because y'all can use the name of Jackson but she's got a covenant in the name of Jackson. And so the name of Jackson belongs to her because she made a commitment and she said, I don't even want my name to be Ellingsworth anymore. I want my name to be Jackson as long as I live. She stood in front of a bunch of people at a church in the middle of a bean field and said it some years ago, and she's still saying it today. So I want to tell you, honey, anything you want, as long as I've got it, you can have it because you wear my name. I just said something so powerful to you if you will understand it. Because if you will get in covenant with Christ... And if you will wear his name and you will become part of his bride, he is legally obligated by his word to take care of you as long as you live. And everything that he has, the saddle on a thousand hills, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planet, Sheila, it's available. If your name is Sheila Mullins Jackson, then you can walk around in the full authority of not only Jim, but that another name that we've been talking about, that name of Jesus. Get on your feet today. You ought to worship and praise that name of Jesus. You ought to thank the Lord that has lent you His name. You ought to thank the Lord that He wants you in His covenant. He wants you to belong to Him. Oh my God, I wish you could understand today what a privilege it is. To pray in the name of Jesus. What a privilege it is to speak and live and, and breathe and listen and, 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 and suffer and hurt and laugh and cry 
everything that we do in the name that is above every name. It's a powerful name. It's a highly exalted name. And everything Paul said in heaven, in earth, and under the earth has to bow down to that name. Next time he comes around, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, and I'm going to blow your house down. I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and, and I'm going to make the diagnosis be this. I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and your marriage is going to fall apart. I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to take your kids away from you. Let me tell you something. If you're standing in covenant with Christ, Satan can't pluck you out of his hand and Satan can't pluck anything that belongs to you out of your hand unless Jesus says it's okay. Read the book of Job. If you're walking in covenant with the one who's in charge, then you don't have to worry about the chump. You can focus on Jesus, and he will keep you perfect in his hand. Close your eyes, raise your hands today. Why don't we give praise to the Lord of lords? Why don't we give praise to the one who's worthy today? Evan and Laura are going to sing here in a minute. But while they're singing, I wish you'd come down to this altar and I wish you'd say, Lord, I want to do everything I do in the name of Jesus. I want to say everything I say in the name of Jesus. I want to experience everything I experience in the name of Jesus because I want the name of Jesus to be the rule for my life. I want the name of Jesus to be the one that I bow to. I want the name of Jesus to be the one that I fear and the one that I love. I want the name of Jesus to be the one that has authority over me. What a privilege we have today. What a privilege that we have to use the authority of the name of Jesus. And he encouraged us to do so. He commanded us to do so. And he prophesied that his disciples would do that, that we would pray in his name, that we would cast out devils in his name, that we would speak in unknown languages in his name, that we would overcome spiritual opposition and natural dangers in his name, that we would lay hands on the sick and see them recover in his name, and that we would baptize in his name. What a joy to be identified, not only in our actions, but in our identity, in that saving name that is above every name, that Paul said, quoting that ancient Christian hymn, at the name of Jesus, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of the Father that Jesus is Lord. Are you living in that name today? Let's don't just pray in His name. Let's breathe, walk, listen, and live in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us at Arlington United.